Hi, it's Patrick here, and we have two items today, one from Ethiopia, one from Uruguay, both about people's names. They both underscore that what you call someone really matters. First, Ethiopia, which is a place where people have long used nicknames called house names. But as the big shows and as Kelto reports, the nature of those names is changing. On the campus of Addis Ababa University, a group of students walks to class under the shade of eucalyptus trees. My name is Kalkidan Halomare. I am 19 years old, 19. I'm a journalism and communication broadcast journalism student. Kalkidan was born here in Addis Ababa. When she was about a year old, her parents started calling her by her house name. That's a nickname that family members give to one another. Uh, my house name is Mito. M-I-T-U. Mito. Yeah. And what does that mean? I didn't know the meaning. Even my parents didn't know what it means. Do you, do you like your house name? I really like it. <laughs> I, uh, when someone calls me Kalkidan, I don't even turn my face. Mitu is a fairly typical house name for someone Kalkidan's age, says Zele Alem Leyu. He's a professor of linguistics at the University of Addis Ababa. We have this short and precise home names like Tutu, Chuchu. And this in linguistics we call it reduplication. Uh, you just reduplicate or double a syllable, Li Li. Reduplication is common in many languages, from Chinese to Finnish to Maori. But Zele Alem says it's a new phenomenon in Ethiopia. For centuries, Ethiopians have used long and colorful names with symbolic meanings. They bestow blessings or well wishes or define the relationship between parent and child. Zele Alem says that's still the case in rural villages. If you go to the rural dwellers, they still enjoy giving names, these long names with meaning, right, with expressive power, they call them like Yene Geta or Getae, my lord, Yene Gasha or Gashae, my shield, Yene Shagga or Shaggae, uh, this is my beautiful or my pretty. Zele Alem says no one knows exactly why these traditional house names are being replaced by shorter, cutesier names, but he suspects it has to do with Western influence. Ethiopia was relatively isolated from the West for centuries, but Europeans started coming here in large numbers in the 20th century. When they came to Ethiopia as missionaries or, or as visitors, travelers or, or scholars, you know, they came with their languages, right? And uh, as a result of contact among speakers of different languages, uh, we inherit names uh, from other languages and we donate probably names to other languages. Zele Alem says it's a shame that so many Ethiopians are now using house names that don't have meaning and don't have Ethiopian roots. But he acknowledges that there's a practical advantage to the shorter names, and that might explain their popularity in the cities. It is easier to call your uh, baby girl Titi or Lily than uh, Yelfagash or uh, Yatreda, which is, which is relatively uh, very long. On campus... First-year student Iosius Girma says all the kids in his family have short house names. The brother is sweet. His name is? Sweet? Yeah. It's because uh, my mom used to eat uh, a lot sweet things when she is pregnant. Then we called him sweet. Okay. And my, my another sister, she is uh, Amen. Like, like from the Bible, Amen? Yeah, yeah, Amen. 
Lady Tappen. Iyoshi says his own house name, Pio, doesn't have a meaning. It was just something his sister started calling him. But the fact that it has no meaning doesn't bother him, and he says it certainly doesn't make him feel any less Ethiopian. For the world, I'm Anders Kelto, Addis Ababa. Okay, one more bit from the linguistics professor in that story, Zele Alamleu. Here he is in mid-conversation with Anders on a particular aspect of house names. You said a minute ago that someone might be given a a house name by their spouse, you know, their husband or their wife, maybe by their children, maybe by their siblings. So does does that mean that one person might have like two or three or four different house names? That is true. Uh, w- one person can have three, four, five d- different names, and so long as a person has uh, grandparents, right? The grandparents usually give uh, special names to their grandchildren, and one can have a name from his mother, a name from his father, and another name from the grandparents. Having four or five names is not is not strange. You can have three, four, five names, and enjoy all of them. Once you go to school, you'll be limited to one name. And I remember I had four names. What were your house names? What were those names? Uh, my aunt called me Komilacho. It means stand for them or defend them. Okay, And my father used to call me Tilikso, uh, And that means big man. Yes. Good wishes, right? I don't know whether I have attained that status today, but that was his wish. And my mother used to call me uh, Molaling. Everything has has come to to my success. I am successful, and I was uh, the, the second uh, the second son in the family. We had eight sisters. Uh, you know, they gave birth to six. Uh, Girls, right? Females and only two males. And because I, you know, my my, my uh, elder brother got a brother, right? Junior, I was my mother was so happy, and she called me Molali. I'm now successful. Ethiopian linguistics professor Zele Alamleu. Not quite done with names. Nope, we're going to Uruguay now. Wow, that would take a long time from Ethiopia. Lots of sitting around and airport terminals. So, in Uruguay, names are changing too. Not nicknames, but surnames. And they're changing because, well, the government has decided that it's high time they did. Or or rather, the government has decided that it's time to let the people make their own decision on the names or name that they inherit from their parents. And there's a big cultural context to this that we need to kind of lay out. What follows is a brief conversation between the big show's Marco Werman and William Troop, who's our go-to guy on all things Latin America. And he's been watching as Uruguay has pushed through a bunch of legislation through his parliament that's making the rest of Latin America sit up and pay attention. For example, this year, Uruguay became the first Latin American nation to legalize abortion. Lawmakers there are also considering legalizing marijuana, putting the government in charge of pot sales. And now, and this is where the name thing comes in, they're taking a look at gay marriage. The lower house of the Uruguayan Congress has approved a bill that would allow same-sex marriages. Here's William telling Marco about how significant that vote is. 
Uh, it's a pretty big deal uh, regionally. If it's passed into law, it would make Uruguay only the second Latin American nation after Argentina to legalize gay marriage on a national basis. And it is very likely to go into law. Uh, it goes next to the Uruguayan Senate, where it has uh, support. And Uruguay's uh, leftist president, Jose Mujica, has already said he plans to sign it. So the bill is called the Marriage Equality Law. That suggests it's putting all marriages on an equal footing. D does it do more than legalize gay marriage? Uh, in fact, it does. It, it actually changes some of the rules that are related to marriage that, that uh, traditionally in Latin America have something to do with a, a man and a woman being mm -hmm. the bride and the groom. For example, it changes uh, the law on divorce for uh, Uruguayan couples. Up to now and for the past hundred years, only women could uh, file for divorce without cause. Men could not, and that's uh, apparently a, a law that was passed 100 years ago to give women uh, some power since in, in traditional Latin American society they had very little. Wow. Uruguay going where other countries in Latin America haven't, um, giving their men a little something and that's taking right. off yeah. the bonds of oppression. <laughs> um, the law also affects how you name your kids, apparently? Yeah, it does. Um, it, it actually tries to make that gender neutral as well. Up to now, and uh, following the tradition that is actually law in all of Spanish-speaking Latin America, uh, you have to give your children two last names, one from the father's side of the family and one from the mother's side of the family, and in that order, father first, mother second. Uh, what the Uruguayan law does now is it allows couples to choose the order. Uh, if it's a heterosexual couple, uh, the mother's name can come first, uh, provided that the husband agrees. If it's a same-sex couple... Um, they can agree on whichever name they want to go first. And if they don't agree, it's actually down literally to the luck of the draw. Wow. Uruguay really shaking up the rule book here. Yeah, they, they are. Uh, basically, there's a leftist president, a leftist coalition that's ruling Uruguay right now, and they seem to be going full force forward where other Latin American nations are debating many of these changes from uh, abortion and divorce and gay marriage. Uruguay is pressing forward. They have the votes to change these laws now, and they're doing it. The Big Show's William Troop speaking with Marco Werman. And that's it for this time. See you on Facebook, Twitter, at theworld.org slash language. And I'll be back in next to no time with another story. Good evening. I'm from Essex, in case you couldn't tell. My given name is Dickie. I come from Billericay. And I'm doing very well.